If you enjoy Champions for Children, be sure to check out the new podcast from Nemours Children's Health, Well Beyond Medicine. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or at NemoursWellBeyond.org to continue hearing the stories of anything and everything related to the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. And now, the episode of Champions for Children you requested. Enjoy! The care of all of our associates is my new job, and I am 100% committed to that. I want to be the Leslie Nope of well-being, <laughs> of well- wellness and well-being. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. I'm Carol Vassar, and that was the voice of pediatric rheumatologist Dr. Maureen Leffler, referring to the unshakably optimistic, high-achieving character played by Amy Poehler on the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation. Dr. Leffler she prefers being called Mo, is Nemours' first ever enterprise-wide chief wellness officer. Long before she arrived at the A.I. DuPont Hospital for Children as an intern in 2004, though, she had a sense that medicine could be delivered in a better, more holistic manner. And it was born of her personal experience from her childhood. As a child, my mom was sick, and my observation was that her medical care was wonderful and fragmented and they took care of her epilepsy, but the treatment of other uh, things that were going on in her life at the time felt inadequate to me at the age of 10. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I think that had a different model of care been applied to our family when my mom was pretty sick, things would felt better um, and probably been better um, for my family as a whole. Yeah, no, the whole process was very fragmented. We were removed from the process. She saw different specialists in different areas and that care felt very fragmented. It felt like pieces of her life were not being addressed or cared for. And there was no cohesion to caring for the family as a whole. I really thought that medicine could be a place where uh, you pulled together all sorts of different needs to really care for the whole person. And that was my interest in going into medicine. I wanted to take care of sort of the whole being. Um, And that was actually why I was really interested in osteopathic medicine. I'm a DO. And I felt that there was a really clear commitment on the part of osteopathic training to train physicians who would care for the whole person. Let's hold up for a second. What is a doctor of osteopathy, a DO, and how does that compare with a medical doctor? an MD in terms of training and practice? So an MD is an allopathic physician and a DO is an osteopathic physician. There's a lot of overlap in the training. So we all learn mainly the same things. Osteopathic medicine has a slightly different philosophy and we learn one tool that's unique to the practice of osteopathic medicine, which is osteopathic manipulation. That's a set of hands-on techniques used by DOs to diagnose, treat, and prevent illness or injury. Using such manipulation, a DO moves a patient's muscles and joints using techniques that include stretching, gentle pressure, and resistance. Osteopathy really believes that the whole body is connected. And so if you want to, for example, care for an asthmatic, 
you need to care for their asthma with medications, as well as treating the musculoskeletal system around the lungs, understanding the environmental factors that could be triggering their asthma, um, understand the social factors that could be limiting access to medications or care. Osteopathy in general tries to apply a very holistic approach to the diagnosis and treatment of all conditions. As a pediatric rheumatologist, Dr. Leffler has spent countless hours taking care of children and families from a holistic and preventative point of view. And now she stands ready to apply that holistic approach to care for her fellow associates, all 8,000 of them, as Nemours' inaugural enterprise-wide chief wellness officer. What's exciting is that Nemours has identified that well-being is so important. They've actually created a role and are committed to it in a major way. I think that it is really fair to consider it a holistic approach to caring for children and their families, because what we're basically saying is that the wellness and well-being of all of our associates is critical, is fundamental for us to take the best care that we possibly can of children and their families. So for everybody to do the very, very best job that they can do, we have to really take care of all of our associates. So in my role, I look at and consider the physical health as well as multiple dimensions of wellness, which include emotional wellness, mental health, spiritual wellness, financial wellness, social wellness, and also well-being. And well-being is the relationship between the individual associate and the environment that they work in. So that takes the impetus off of the individuals to be their most well, healthy version of themselves and put some onus on our systems and processes and in the environment that we're all working in to make sure we're supporting the best version of all of our associates. A challenge that I'm really excited to take on is shifting the way we think to start identifying extrinsic factors that really support well-being or really get in the way of well-being. So what's happening in your clinic, on your work unit, on your team, in our organization that really is promoting well-being and getting everybody moving to being a really vital, effective, coherent workforce so that we can deliver on our promise and we can do it if we're all working together and working well. And then what's what's getting in the way of that? And how can we start to eliminate some of those barriers? So the, the challenge for me is sort of starting to shift the thinking and then getting folks to really buy in to changes that are systems level, maybe seemingly small, but you know, we talk about burnout being the result of death by a thousand cuts. Let's start minimizing some of those chronic daily stressors that over time erode the well-being of our workforce. In my role, I am here to support our associates. So it, my question is, how do they want to approach it? What are the fixes that they see? What do they need to change? How would they propose to improve the environment in which they're working and delivering care? And, and then how can I support that? How can I help them to assess where they are, understand the challenges in the framework of well-being, make some changes, measure those outcomes, pull together resources to support the change that they see as being important. So really it's listening to our associates who know 
what's going on and have the expertise to be able to solve the problems, being a resource for them. And how does Dr. Leffler define success when it comes to her role as chief wellness officer? I think there are a lot of ways we could look at this. There are well-being measures. So we could take a very objective, quantitative look at the well-being of our associates. And we could break that down and look a little bit more of um, to see if their well-being or lack of well-being is related to efficient, uh, inefficiencies in process or leadership issues or burnout. That would be one way to really measure this in a quantitative, objective way. I think another way to look at it would be to see how many associate groups we can get engaged in their own local level. So understanding that well-being is a different approach. It's a systems approach to wellness and that they know their systems the best. They know the things that are working really well and the things that could be tweaked to really improve their their ability to deliver excellent care and to start um, working with them to support what they need to change um, to really improve the well-being of the groups that are doing good work for our patients and families. Here's a preview of what associates can expect to see moving forward in the area of wellness. Dr. Leffler. I think the day-to-day changes will be small wins. And I think we can expect to take baby steps towards reaching a goal of a more efficient, supportive system of care. The small wins may look like eradication of just chronic barriers to doing your job readily. So that may be different for different groups. For some groups, it may be improved workstations. It may be improved EPIC support for clinicians. It may be the presence of a scribe. It may not be the presence of a scribe. It may be the proximity of a restroom, the way your template is laid out, um, an extra hour of admin time. And these don't sound like monumental changes. I think that over time, the small changes that we can all make will ultimately change the environment and the culture in which we're all working for the better. So my goal is to have a really positive impact over time. And it would be fantastic if in time, folks really embraced this notion of well-being, could identify system barriers to well-being on their own, knew who to reach out to, which is us, hopefully me and a great team. And we had a toolbox of resources that we could really leverage them with to do some problem solving and measure some impact. That would be my short and long-term vision. And as Dr. Mo Leffler moves into her new role as chief wellness officer, she brings along her clinical experience with vast numbers of patients and patient family members for whom she has cared and who have served to provide the good doctor with a few lessons about life, failure, and even death. You know, I've had unbelievable relationships with some patients and families. You know, I said goodbye last week to a patient who I've cared for since she was 11 months old and she's, you know, 13. I met her as a fellow. Uh, I remember her mother being pregnant with her sister, (laughs) who is now one of my patients also, unfortunately. And they've just been special and wonderful to me. Um, And I feel like we have worked incredibly well together and it's been a complicated journey with them. And I've been incredibly grateful to be part of their family and their family's process. And there are patients who have no idea that I carry them with me 
because of the opposite. Times where I have felt like it didn't go so well, or we didn't have an ideal connection, or I didn't do my best. And I hold on to them as much as I hold on to the ones who have done beautifully and we have, you know, had wonderful working relationships. You know, patients have graduated because they don't need us anymore. And that's wonderful. And I cherish thinking about them or they've aged out and we keep track of them, (laughs) Um, which is really fun to know that they're growing into adults and doing so relatively well. And there are patients who we've lost and I hold on to all of them. Talk about um, the patients where things didn't go so well, moments where you feel as though you have failed and how you've gotten past that to go on to the next room, to the next patient and give it your all. Um, Yeah. So um, in prepping for your, for this interview, I looked at your questions and I saw this, you know, have you ever failed? <laughs> I wrote, yes, exclamation point. You know, in big and small ways, I've made mistakes. I've made a mistake that reached a patient, um, which was really a low point. And yeah, I've, I failed, you know, many times over, I've failed families not being able to uh, meet their needs or maybe even understand their needs in the clinic space. And sometimes I can clearly recognize my role in those failures often, always, (laughs) let's just back that up and say, I recognize my role in those failures. And that can be really hard sometimes. I think physicians in particular have some unrealistic expectations or drive for perfectionism. Um, Great in many instances, but can also be challenging. One thing I've learned is that I am never as great as my biggest win. (laughs) And I'm never as great as my success but I'm also not defined by my failures. So the things that haven't gone right don't make me a bad clinician or person. Just like the things that that have gone really well don't make me the best peds rheumatologist around. Um, So yeah, it's just a day-to-day. I'm doing the best. I do show up and try to do the best that I can in everything that I do. It sounds like it sounds like you've got a good balance of knowing yourself. You know, you're not perfect. You're not on a pedestal. You're just a human being. Uh, Yeah. In my head, I can think all that. It doesn't always feel that way. (laughs) You know, it can be challenging. It feels terrible to know that you haven't done the best you can for a patient or you let a family down or you made a mistake. It feels horrible. It's just incredibly challenging. And that, according to Dr. Leffler, is the moment when having a support system of trusted fellow associates can be vitally important to one's mental health and overall wellness. So the times where I have really struggled at work, I have been buoyed by my partners. I have been very fortunate to have many colleagues, having been raised at Nemours, <laughs> have, I have many colleagues who I can be completely honest with, and who can who listen and are supportive and willing to share their own challenges and struggles, and that just helps. And one of those people is Dr. Anne Marie Brescia. We've been through a lot together, and so we know each other really well. And there is a, um, I think, mutual respect and trust. And you know, you get to that unconditional. I'm going to accept you, even though. <laughs> There are these tricky times or these rough spots, um, which is really reassuring feeling. So one thing that has been really established 
over the course of the past six months in the thick of COVID has been a peer support program. And so that basically means that associates or folks at Nemours are willing to do some computer-based learning, attend some training and be available on call to be there for an associate in need. The, the part of this that's amazing to me is how many associates have volunteered to do this work. So despite working more and harder and in different ways through the thick of COVID and struggling with additional stressors at home that are unbelievable, people are dealing with an unbelievable amount of stress and work right now. A large number of associates have stood up and said, and I would also like to be available to be a peer supporter. I want to take care of my colleagues, which to me is just amazing. So when you ask me about how I you know, manage the hard days, it's because I work in an organization where people really care about each other. If I didn't, I would never have been able to grow up into a clinician and you know, be the professional that I am. It's, it, I've been surrounded by wonderful colleagues and, and that continues to just shine through, especially as we are working through this really hard time. Yeah. And the peer support program is just an example, I think, of the heart of our organization and our associates. Lots on the horizon for Dr. Mo Leffler as she begins her journey as Nemours first enterprise-wide chief wellness officer. As she noted, taking on this role means lots of listening to her fellow associates from across the enterprise. If you have an idea about improving wellness wherever you may be, she wants to hear from you via email. Maureen.Leffler at Nemours.org. And if you're looking for information about the peer support program we mentioned, Dr. Leffler has that too. Maureen.Leffler at Nemours.org. Well, that's it for this edition of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. My thanks to Dr. Maureen Mo Leffler for sharing her story as she embarks on her new role. Thanks also to Deborah Griffin and Peter Adebi for production assistance on this and every podcast. You may listen to all of them on your favorite podcast app, which could be Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, just to name a few. There are so many out there. Or simply tell your smart speaker to play the Champions for Children podcast. Our music is courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Join me again next time for another episode of the Nemours Champions for Children podcast. Until then, stay safe, stay well, and thank you for all you do for the children we serve.